Where am I? In the village. What do you want? Information. Whose side are you on? That would be telling. We want information. 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 You won't get it. By hook or by crook, we will. Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. <laughs> So we're about an hour and 20 minutes in. <laughs> Shall we introduce the pod? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to Shoulders of Giants. I'm Jimmy. Hello, I am Sherpy. <laughs> and we uh, regularly, normally, are the What If podcast for movie sequels, prequels, and spin-offs and whatnot, Sheppy. Um, but today, we're going to continue our little special run of Prisoner Debriefs. Yes. Now, it's a funny old thing, us doing this, I'm aware, because, you know, sometimes we'll do a Monster Squad sequel, or Cat from Outer Space, or a Howard the Duck, which some people may not be necessarily aware of the source material. It's not like a Back to the Future, so it's slightly more obscure, perhaps. Um, doing this little aside about not, you know, perhaps a relatively obscure cult classic, which some people know inside and out and other people perhaps haven't heard of. So to do this for the pod um, might appear to be a strange choice. I'm having a lovely time, Jimmy, and I hope in listeners um, are as well. That it's, uh, it's a fantastic show, 17 episodes altogether. And yes, today we're going to be talking about episode 10 and 11. Um, so the 10, 11, 11, 12, Sheppy. Have we got well, that? Are we, it, well, this is the classic, Jimmy. Oh, course. yeah, it's the That's classic. why I texted right. you the titles. We say this every time. <laughs> we do it every fucking time. Because the pilot listener is episode zero. Um, but that's not what we're doing. We're saying pilot is episode one. So therefore, everything is skewed. But yes. the two episodes that we're doing today, the first one is... Uh, it's your funeral, yep. and the second one is a change of mind. Lovely. And so we're doing these two today. We've got into the routine of doing three episodes per pod, but since the last episode of this special podcast will be the final two pieces, so therefore mathematically it made sense. These two now, the next one will be three. Then we'll do our pitches, or you know, even elevator pitches, or anything, and then we'll do the final two. Um, so it works out very well. So I'm very happy, Jimmy. I'm very happy. Given I'm doing this uh, as we go, I have a rough idea of my pitch. But of course, if in the next three he comes up with that and does a version of it already, then I'll just wait and see. So I'll just hold it back. I can't wait. I'm very um, excited. I'm very happy. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so technically it's your funeral is episode 10 because the pilot is episode zero, but I'm sticking with my my formula. So it's it's episode 11 as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, oh, I want to say my first thoughts about it's your funeral is straight off. Number six is so cynical. Um, immediately, he's not trusting anyone. He's been burnt by cats, almost every woman he's met. Um, he doesn't know where to look. Eddington sold him out. So um, he's 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 very cynical. He doesn't trust. He's not very trusting. And of course, he's 
furious right from the very first scene, uh, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) And in fairness, you know, knock on the door, even if it's unlocked, you're a lady, you come in, or even just from the doorway say hello. Um, So really, there was there was no need for that. What were your, uh, you know, just to go back and forth, uh, any any initial thoughts on It's Your Film? Uh, I thought of the two, I preferred this one. I thought it was a good I, little yeah. um I'm very interested about that. Um, um, spoiler, I prefer 12, which is oh, great. Wow. I like this. No, we're like Cisco and Egbert. That's right. You heard me. Um, so <laughs> I, I loved the fact, actually. It's like I love the fact that your favourite James Bond is Never Let Die. Because it's almost my favourite, but mine is Spy Who Loved Me. And I just love that little difference. So <laughs> I like that you like It's Your Funeral, uh, certainly more than the other one. I like I, it. I think the ending of the second one is significantly better than the ending of well, this one. I won't, I won't say anything about it. I'll just no, say that was sort of... No. But other than that, this one's got a better number two for me. This number two, oh. well, for when he is number two and then he flip-flops with, you know, and all yes. that sort of thing. But he's That's very charismatic and funny to me. He's really... He does the number two yeah. spiel at the beginning. So, yes. yeah, he is number two. <laughs> um, number... Yes, no, his, he was an amazing number two. Martha, um, when she she just said at a certain point during one of number two shenanigans, she just said, what a hero. Um, and we both fell in love with this number two. Uh, <laughs> so slimy, wearing that paisley dressing gown all over the place oh. with, the, with the thick glasses. I loved his whole manner. Um, yeah, he was brimming with energy. He had such a stupid face, like a weird rubber face, like a boglin. Uh, or, you know what he really reminds me of? That one of the door knockers from Labyrinth, where yeah. she has to, and she doesn't want to, you know, she holds his nose and then sticks the thing back in. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he looks like him. He's got this big protruding bill, um, and he's kind of shiny. Um, when he's on the phone to number one, he's, it's so funny. It's like The Simpsons in terms of his expression changes. He's, he says something and you don't hear number one on the phone, but he says something, number two, and we hold on him. And then as he listens to whatever number one is saying to him, his expression goes, so it's just so cartoonish. And so his face is so pliable. He goes from one thing to another thing and then he speaks and then it goes to another expression. Then he speaks and he listens and it goes to another expression. <laughs> and each one was funnier and funnier to the end. It was like, it was caricature, but it, genius so um yeah and that was quite near the beginning and immediately fucking love this number two deeply <laughs> um, do you before we get into the stuff well I, one thing two things quickly for me from the you know you said you've got little observations of the credits of where you watch it and i've got the same so <laughs> two quick ones for you and yeah, um, that teacup that jumps on the desk when he bangs <laughs> it like it must be on string right it's actually ridiculous what they achieve with that teacup and um, so i just wanted to I say think that it's physics i mean it jumps <laughs> I'm, i'll say that maybe the saucer which cracks in half maybe i assume that was like glued loosely together and so it would break apart but I'm not going to believe the impact of that furious Irish fist hitting the table <laughs> was enough to make it bounce up in the air like that. Absolutely. Fair. Fair. Um, I, I love as well, and this is just a new observation for me, should he really, given how good he is now on the island and how wily he is, 
probably have spotted the tail of the fella, the tall fella in the top hat that follows him all the way to his flat. He is right behind him. He's right straight away. (laughs) I just thought it was just quite cute. He's very observant normally. Yeah, that's what I thought. Just quite cute. Again, there are lots of things that actually don't make sense in individual episodes. Things contradict itself, but also in the ultimate there there are lots of weird oh it gets away with everything i just wanted to make that silly observation no no absolutely but But no it's but it's true there are within sometimes you're like you're giving it every benefit like oh well number six is playing a long game or something or something but ultimately every episode follows its own rules essentially from and i respect that and it's the type of show that can absolutely do it again we don't know how long he's been there and it keeps seeming to change and sometimes he acts like he's known the current number two for months and months and months and months. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Which I really like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got some little bullets, Sheppy. You always do a better synopsis than me. I'm happy to try and give this one a synopsis if you like. But basically, I've just got maybe about seven things I had as observations. Mm. And um, I don't actually have that much for this one, interestingly. So go go ahead and I'll jump in with this thing. Okay. Well, I mean, in a nutshell... Th- you know the, the basic plot just to re-anchor anyone that's seen prisoner and wants Ooh, to, yes. you know, <laughs> just you know there's an assassination being planned and um he's been told about it and there's a you know um you know there's there's this sort of jammers concept around like you know being able to concoct a, a little assassin you know a bomb through a, a clock and they're gonna kill number two yeah. and then there's a whole shenanigans around you know number two being aware of the plot and then kind of re you know all that kind of dance around it basically without getting into so the they're gonna assassinate it. number two with a um cuckoo clock or some sort of oh yeah. no well, no it's it's the it's the clock place but it's in the medallion um yes that's right you're right yeah, yeah and it seems to be bell's dad from beauty and the beast essentially um which is nice and yes but then we're told in a very nice end of act one type you know fade out advert break that number two is aware and he goes they're planning my assassination after all and we're, we're sort of suddenly deliciously as the show does you're shown behind the curtain and you're like oh so number two knows this and so and we're told fairly early on that number two is in on it which again is so genius um and then it's like who's tricking who and who knows yeah. what um yeah it's 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 very good of course as it always is there's twist and double twist and it folds in on itself plot wise um and then this new number two pops up or and he's like, oh, I've just been on a holiday, and tomorrow I'm retiring. But, well, that doesn't make a lick of sense. And then he's like super calm. But then he overhears their one conversation in the cafe, and he's suddenly like a wide-eyed, sweaty, paranoid, like mess <laughs> immediately. And we've never seen it before. But that's fair enough. I'm fine. Um, yes. Also, I like every now and again. There's like little weird spillers apparently just to, to eke out the space like the training setup you go through like number six's future routine with that cool computer that analyzes probability and predicts exactly what he's yeah. going to do down to how many moves of chess it will take him to win on that particular day and stuff which is great at 8 15 shippy go go and you finish your point go ahead i well, got some amazing observations of, of that <laughs> Just the, the the bit where it's him doing his setup and his training and he's doing all these acrobatics and and funny things where again like in for example 
the original Star Trek when it's so, so clearly not him doing it in terms of the stunt double being basically a black midget in terms of how much it doesn't look like Patrick McGowan. So that was wonderful. I liked that quite a lot. <laughs> it's routine at 8.15, cooling off. Water skiing. Who's driving that boat? I've written Who's driving that boat? Oh, I'm sure they have plenty of people to drive the boats for water skiing. That's part of the surface. Um, nice. I've written water skiing with four exclamation marks. Uh, that yeah, was amazing. amazing. Really made me laugh. Cool out loud. Yeah, <laughs> that was brilliant. And, and that 11 move check bait win. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yes. Really and made me happy. Sweets. This is interesting. Um, sometimes, like in an episode of Open All Hours we saw recently, um, Arkwright calls a dog lead a leash and i always thought lead was english and leash was american so to see you know early 80s ronnie barker saying leash i thought oh that's that's changed my i didn't know that mm. uh, and in this in this uh he talk he says candy and he says sweets um they number two does and so does number six uh, buy the candy for the lady and it's like is that for the american audience or potentially or is it McGowan being savvy that way uh they don't know what sweets are or am i as wrong about candy not just being an americanism um people in england say candy and i just never realized it so that's interesting for me no nice sheppy i hadn't really picked it up in terms of the twosies but that's nice i don't know honestly i reckon it's an american thing trying to get it to that not in terms of Granville and Arkwright. Mm, I don't no, you're right, yeah. Roy, Roy thingy, Clark, was that bothered. But, but the yes, um, in terms of candy, hey, everybody, write in. Was uh, candy uh, ever a weird book? But I know the fool was used in England to describe autumn, and then it was taken by America, and then Ooh, just I didn't know that. Ah, you see. The leaves so have changed, Sheppy. Good grief. So, so that's all right um yes the painting gag where the painting oh. is revealed to be an abstract perfect likeness uh, that, was great, that as well self-portrait's amazing perfect like, well not self-portrait the portrait's amazing perfect like, He's amazing posing, like don't move and all of that and the big reveal <laughs> and it's yeah this abstract that's really funny um, that's i mean that's like um la story like 15 years early <laughs> yes um I had some early odds as well, just before we get to the end and stuff. But just, um, I love that that first scene. He's, his thumbs are tapping with tension as he speaks. He does yeah. that a lot, but I would really noticed. Oh, that that's what really hands, good. Yeah. I'm always oh. watching his hands because they're so always funny. doing something. He's always <laughs> bubbling. He's always got this fury <laughs> just under the skin. Oh, listen. It's like coming out. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it doesn't hands. become too phony. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I, I I had this about number two, two little observations. I love how villains ask for things that are very important and and probably the most critical thing about their day, and then kind of slope off, like to do something that what what could be more important than what you need to do right now. But number two here asks for today's prognosis of activities or whatever that like we talked about, um, and for number six, and then he just swans off and you're like, well, what? <laughs> What could be more important than just waiting for that? I, I don't, okay, okay, it's amazing. Um, and then, um, and then I just I love how number two kind of hits his video play button with his heel, 
uh, when he sat at his desk with his feet on the thing. It's so cute. Nails. It's amazing. Um, I mean, Shep, you know where yeah. I'm going to go next. More kosher. He's told me there was more well, coming, and it's here. I, I've got it right here underneath painting gag, perfect likeness. Brilliant. Koshu's back. Three exclamation marks. Yes, Jimmy. Amazing dismount from trampolines is all I've written here, yes. but holy bloody moly. Yeah. Must be exhausting and oh. on your knees as well. It's an astonishing game. Again, with the like Asian themed music in the background, as if this is like this ancient practice from like 5 BC in the Ming Dynasty or something. Uh, brilliant. Yes. So that was nice to see. And again, I like how him and his opponent really go at it, but at the end, opponent dripping wet. And they do a nice kind of bow, and they they seem to be friends. Yeah, um, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, so Same time tomorrow. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, I like that. Um, again, we're shown that time has no meaning at all. Um, you know, with the number two and the other number two, and all of this, like, what the fuck does that even mean? Um, yeah. So, so that's fine. Um, everyone is paranoid, wrapped in a paranoia sandwich. I wrote, which is fair enough. Um, I'll say this. It was great at the end. They did break the classic Hitchcock and you know the whole rule. They showed the bomb and they didn't blow up the bomb. And I thought, obviously, as soon as Smug Number Two got the medallion put on him, then he was going to get blown up. And yeah. He didn't. And I then I thought the Number Two who was like getting out, he got to the helicopter. I thought he was going to be in the air and he's going to click the button, and then he was going to blow up in the helicopter. Um, and none of that happened. No. And the number two got away. Smug number two was going to get fucked up because he failed, but he didn't blow up. And it's nice when number six wins an episode, but I couldn't help but feel slightly let down that it was like, oh, okay. It was an odd ending, wasn't it? I, I agree. And I'm not sure I even like the idea of any kind of retirement for number twos as a, as a ceremony yeah. of some sort. Like, number two just is either winning or getting fucked up. Like, like that's it. Those are the two options. There's no retirement. Yes. It's death of Yeah, no, exactly. And, um... I, I wanted a Stromberg helicopter blowing up. The retirement was at sea type situation. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Well, so um... that was a shame. He's then got a bit of an ally on the outside world as well, which is a bit of a thread there, maybe, you know, in well, a way. Like they, there a was a line it, you know? where it's like, they're going to get you no matter what. You're yeah, definitely uh, going to die. They just want, don't want it to happen on the island. So innocence. Mm, yeah, good point. So I think we can assume he's fucking dead. But mm. we should at least, I think, you know, we should have had the helicopter explode. And if they couldn't have the budget of like a remote control helicopter blowing up, then they could have just and have, a, have an explosion noise and have them look up and like you know like bad luck number six and then bars across his face but yeah. never mind hey that's a, that's yeah that's that's a little problem. but there you go that, that's the end of my thoughts about yeah me too ships uh, happy to move to to yes. change of mind yeah well i i i would say straight off the bat i really like um, and I, it's not one I always remember. I remember certain ones like The Chimes of Big Ben and The Happy Birthday and The Happy Returns one. But I, I always forget about Change of Mind, but I really like it. Uh, it's all about conditioning and, and uh, mind warps and um, the press and social expectations, ostracization, uh, reacceptance into society. Um, it's got politicians. It's got droogs. 
you've got well-meaning and quote-unquote socially responsible hypocrites. Um, you've got like the suffragettes type thing. It's, it, I was watching it and I was like, this is, there are a lot of themes very reminiscent of Clockwork Orange going on here. Mm. And I checked just out of curiosity when the book was published and it was 1962. So I don't think it's a coincidence. I think McGowan read a bit of Burgess and was like, this is a very dreamy book um, because it's got all of that conditioning, mind fuckery, um, and again, going out into society. And even the droogs who pop up right at the beginning and hassle him, get their ass kicked again on his like nice gym apparatus. And then they pop up later and like, they start to beat him up. And it's exactly like with Alex. Uh, but then of course it's number six and it's McGowan and I don't think he ever loses. Eh, that's not true. He does lose a fight occasionally, but not, not his case, he, he fucks him up again. But um, that was interesting to me. And I, I have obviously seen this before, but I don't think I've ever made the Clockwork Orange connection before. So that was interesting. I mean, when I say this one wasn't as good, I still sure. five star for me, Sheppy. I love oh, the set. Nice. It was wonderful. Oh, that's lovely. I absolutely agree. Nothing, no, no, quite no. Well, I wasn't with even. It. I thought it was lovely. I, yeah. I judge ye not. Um, I like at the beginning. It uses perhaps the same footage from the filler from the previous episode of the <laughs> and then a bit of Biff Baff Boof. Um, oh, and then you've got the whole the the speaker, like um, the guy being having to apologize and confess oh, love that moment that. best moment of the and he, show there it's amazing that you've got the speaker meaning the um like the stereo speaker um and it's saying loud and proud in front of everyone and the guy's crying and everything it's like it's irrelevant they're not trying to hide the fact that they've broken him everyone knows it's very orwellian um uh, indeed in that the speaker is blaring out, you will repeat what we say. It was all my fault. It was all my fault. And it goes on and on mm. and it breaks him down. Then everyone claps. It's oh, like they don't even, they're not even trying to pretend that it's free will or anything like that. It's so unsettling. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, that was, that was good. And again, that's another nice thing as if we need it, but it's nice. It sets up this committee as like the ultimate cunts. So then when immediately after this guy is broken, number six goes in, you're like, fuck them up, number six. And he immediately rips up, like, have you filled out that form? <laughs> oh, this form. You're like, yes. Number six in the house. And the robot voice. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But there's a he's sitting with the council and they're in a, a, a circle around him and he's in the middle spinning around like a like a cool guy from the incredible Hulk returns on the chair and and that's great um but it's the i don't know let's say eight people surrounding him of the committee but there's also like a kind of a robotic voice coming from the speaker but yeah. we see tape moving and and so are we assuming uh, you could say, well, they're recording what's being said, but it, we, we cut to the, the tape moving through the spools when the voice, the ro robot voice is talking. So it's, the impression it gave me is that one of the council is a pre-recorded message, yeah. even though it's answering and directly interacting with number six and to the present situation. It's, a, it's again, could be connected to that computer that says, you know, he'll win in six moves. Or it could just be some weird, weird fuck that's never explained. Yeah, I uh, love but it. I liked it. 
Yes. And I also like um, when Six leaves the room and the butler, of course, is there. And he's, so, he's like, you know, he's staying the fuck away from number six. And number six is like, move the table. He doesn't say anything. There's like his whole body like move the table. And he, the butler moves the table. And he's just like calmly keeping his butler composure, composure, composure and carrying the tray and keeping his you know body upright. But he's like moving away. He's staying out of arm grabbing distance from number six. Number six is just going to take him and rip his arms and legs off if he's not careful. He knows it. This is not Roger Moore and Nick Knack we're talking about. Number six is not going to play by the rules. So it, I love, and it happens every time that he's in number six is in the council room. That yeah, the the butler is staying the fuck out of his way, uh, which I really like uh, a lot. <laughs> so, no. so that's nice. I also like the whole number six shunned. Uh, I like the line, um, so everyone turns their back on him, um, mm. and it it affects him much more than you would think. Actually, he's like he, he's like, "Good morning, number seventeen to this old lady or whatever," and she blanks him, and he's like genuinely like, "Fuck," um, and you're like, "Wow, this is the most effective." Like he's never been this badly affected, I think, by any ploy ever. <laughs> he's like, "Come on, man, I buy coffee here every day," so <laughs> it, it gets to him, which I like. I like the line, public enemy number six. Oh, I love cool. that too. It's a great quip. I wrote that down. Public enemy number nice. six. Nice. And there was a nice in. thing. Yes. Now this number two is a horrible wanker. Uh, he doesn't have any of the charm and slime mm, from no. the previous number two. Um, Martin Hacking hated this number two, in fact. Um, but there, there's an amazing line. Um, number six says to number two when he's about to leave number six's house. Um, six says, no time for tea. And number two says, no, only your future, uh, which is great. Sometimes number twos <laughs> get really good lines. Um, but also, so number six is like hassled by these big bully boys saying you have to go for your checkup. And I then expect him naturally number six to start laying into them and have another biff baff boof. But he's like, no, these guys are going to kick my ass. I'll just get in the little golf buggy. In there. And he does get taken to the hospital. He's like, oh, yeah, shit. All right. Fuck. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to do this today. So he goes there, he gets his, um, he goes to the hospital and he gets all checked out, but they do the knee bang flip check thing. <laughs> it's got a proper term, but you, know, you sit with your legs crossed and they tap your knee. But again, I don't know if Patrick McGowan knows what happens when someone taps your knee and your leg sort of does a little kick, because it's like the teacup, perhaps his leg was on, a, on like an invisible wire. <laughs> up for each tap in totally the wrong direction. Maybe that was McGowan being deep, saying number six is so fucked up, his own internal <laughs> chemistry is different. Um, but that was interesting for me. Um, yes, so, yeah. <laughs> I just wrote knee, knee reflexes are all wrong, exclamation mark, <laughs> all in capitals. Um, he's, so he's, and he's discommunicated, uh, uncommunicated, he's off, um, the, the method the village is using has an effect on him. Number two says another cool line. Now let's see how our loner receives real loneliness. Um, mm, is great. Nice. Number six starts to lose his mind because no one talks to him for a few minutes. He goes to a cliff top and he stares wistfully as the, a flock of birds goes by. Now, is he staring wistfully because the birds represent freedom leaving the village or is it companionship? I would assume it's like, look at that flock of birds. They're all friends. No one's talking to me. 
Uh, so poor old number six. Uh, number six seemingly genuinely unsettled. Uh, so there you go. Any thoughts about any of that? Oh, Sheps, loads. But I reckon you're in a wonderful role here. You go, take us, and I'll just give you a couple of bomb marks afterwards as well that I write oh, down too. Because yeah, there's well, a I... few things. I don't want to circle all the way back to the beginning or anything. Just keep, take us to the end. And I'll get, I've only got about six, seven points. So go for it. I'm loving okay, this. Okay, but yeah. if, if continuity-wise, if I'm saying something and it fits in... Yeah, I promise I will, yeah. Like but it. honestly, mine are different observations generally, which is quite nice. So oh. that's good so far. So go for it. It's cool. Well, I got down here brolly bashing and mob rule right nice and they're all there and it's very much again and then they'll start beating him up with the, with the umbrellas after he keeps telling them to fuck off um uh insufferable suffragettes um which i thought very was, nice uh, delicious deliciously witty um yes duped um into believing his own lobotomy which is again mindfuckery mm. on a horrible level now there's a bond novel it's not um i think it's an anthony horowitz bond novel it's certainly not a fleming it's it's uh it's yeah i think it's an anthony horowitz bond novel but in that bond is tied to a chair and they bring out a big vat of acid and they pour the acid on the table in front of him and it eats starts eating the table so he knows you know and then he gets you know moved around a bit and then they bring this big bucket and they say okay mr bond we're not going to throw this in your face and they do um, and that's the end of the chapter, and it's like Bond passes out and he just like freaks the fuck out, and he wakes up, but he's okay, and it was water, and he's gonna switch a route and massively fuck with him. And anyway, that just reminded me of this with the fake lobotomy, where they just it, and it is, it's really, really horrible. And oh. the nurse or doctor who's selling it, she sells it so well, and the fact that she's saying what she's going to do, but she's ignoring number six 100% and saying it into a camera. Now, obviously, that's a dupe. I mean, you do see that bunch of droogs watching, so they are watching what's being recorded on the camera, but she's clearly saying it for number six's own terror to be yeah. mounting up, and she gives him this fucking sadistic smile when he's not looking, um, which frankly did it for me, Jimmy, I won't lie. <laughs> so that was all going on, which was wonderful. Um, Poor old number six, yeah, there's the sort of the, the laser into his, you know, to cut off his, his frontal lobes. Um, oh. Amazing. I um, said here, love how tactile and terrifying the ultrasonic beam versus the light. Like, I just thought it was all wicked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Toto, just for sure. Um, also, the mob who brollied him and all the women and everyone who took him, dragging, dragged him there to be lobotomized when he sort of released as a bit of a re-re, um, they, the same people are there yeah. throwing him a parade when he comes out, which again so is so creepy. And <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and also he meets that other guy who's had apparently the lobotomy, who seems genuine. They're never told he hasn't. So I don't know if they didn't want to risk giving number six the actual lobotomy because they don't actually want to fuck him up because they still, in case it goes wrong. Um, but this other guy, apparently, I mean, we're never told that he was faking so i assume he's given that same thing which is a shame and he's so fucked up he doesn't even say be seeing you he says see you later or it's like oh no <laughs> he, he really is fucked up um so that's amazing he says see you soon um, what a shame um and yes uh, then he beats up the goons after they hassle him again alex style um she mind fucks him 
he mind fucks her right back, pulls some hypno shit after not drinking the tea. Nice. It's a very obvious switcheroo twice, but nonetheless, uh, that was great. And then with the watch, and then gets all the shit together, um, which was great, gets all the information and fucks up this number two. And once again, number six wins at the end of the episode, but unlike the previous episode, wholly satisfying conclusion for me. And um, I was yeah. very happy. And considering it was the torture did work. He was, he wasn't faking being slightly like, you know, stunted mentally. It did fuck him up. Uh, yeah. He still was enough number six to spot the pill and not drink the tea and all that. But he was he wasn't faking. I don't think he was really was fucked up. And then he gets the info from her after drugging her, uh, which is great. Um, yeah. And yes, yes, wonderful, very nice. amazing. Uh, just to stick with the ending there, Sheppy, as well. I just in that last sort of run of seven mins, I've got how nasty does that tea look? <laughs> the first one, which is <laughs> looks really awful. Can't stand yes. girls who can't make a decent cup of tea. Like that amazing line. Holy bloody yes. moly. <laughs> Number two saying stupid woman should ruin everything. But I think he actually says it to us. I was going to ask <laughs> you about that. Because he does talk a few times just off screen, a little bit left, right. right. That was a fourth wall break. I don't know if you noticed it that, was but a it really made credit. me laugh. Yeah, really uh, was amazing. That's um, great. Um, I like how he did continuously and like that stupid woman a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and in fairness, she was great. She wasn't stupid at all. She was one of she shouldn't, you know, she shouldn't should have been more careless with that manky tea. But yeah. everything else, you know, it was number two who's the idiot, of course. <laughs> the uh, great so, yeah. hypno scene with the watch. I almost hypnotized myself with it. It was wonderfully yeah. done. Um yes. the butcher with the sharpest knife has the warmest heart. What a wonderful line. Um yes. Amazing horn score at the end as they chase number two off for being unmutual actually gave me shivers. I thought it was a really nice. amazing score at the end. And I'll just circle back That's to cool. the top and see if there's anything Another else. 1984 moment with that end speech where the crowd go from being totally on number two's side to being totally against him oh, in, yeah. like a, in a flash, which is, which is great. The crowd were good, apart from one yeah. scene, which I... Yeah, I'll do now. I I didn't like the poetry scene. I thought like sometimes the the tale feels a wee bit like, but it's a problem. Like they get away right. with everything. This is part right. of the prisoner fabric. Don't get me wrong. If it feels a bit <laughs> jarring and like reasonably slightly poorer acting than we've seen before, that's okay. <laughs> that's absolutely appropriate. Uh, it just got <laughs> under my skin, particularly. Poor old Jimmy right. wasn't enjoying that poetry scene very Fair much enough. with the town, but um, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> outdoor gym i'm just going back to the very very beginning just to, to any other little bomb monster but outdoor gym his eyebrows jump with each point of view punch i said that was amazing with his little outdoor gym punch in the bag and his eyebrows right. going with the i punches. thought you were talking about yourself in the third person like going for a walk for a second so oh no no okay. <laughs> outdoor right, gym no, very clever no sorry outdoor but gym genuine not not even me trying to be clever i'm actually being stupid <laughs> and genuinely not not sure for a second but yes no of course his punch bag is his gymnasium yes yes i love that i love the punching with the eyebrows definitely worth uh yeah worth every, every penny uh great choreography with the scrap extraordinary moment the committee covered that already but i just love the way it ends with like believe me believe me believe me. that was amazing um yeah all the clapping of the committee we talked about amazing that yeah, version six doesn't like bullies, which I respect. He yeah, really agreed. gets his fucking goat, uh, which is great. 
Yeah. And he just, and the diversion therapy, he witnesses through the door. Holy moly. Yeah. Rover followed by a winking number two. Just yes. screw that for a game. Of, yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, I didn't, yeah. And right there is another clockwork orangey type situation, you know, forced viewing subliminal images. It's like being for your eyes open. So, yeah, absolutely. I didn't this was. Think about that like five dimensions Sheppy like because I watched this a bit jet lagged and like it was real pure fever dream stuff and like the committee disappearing yes. and the the butler as you said kind of judging him playing that too so it was just right. really amazing to watch it a bit jaded to be honest um yeah really really lovely and uh I loved the umbrella assault by the town like just in time for the procession and it's just oh my god yeah amazing <laughs> so yeah yes. great stuff good old everything Wonderful. Well, there you go. Yeah, lovely. Well, that that's very nice. So I, I watched um, It's Your Funeral yesterday, and I watched um, A Change of Mind. A Change of Mind is such a good title, with that in mind, of course. Um, but yeah, I saw that this evening. And wonderful. Very nice. Were there any, was that, is that nice? That's everything happy, happy. for me. Happy, yeah. Happy we can... Uh... So we, we probably... shall come back to this. Like maybe three more, I think, um, this will, of these special prisoner experiments that Poddy episodes, I think, in the future will come along. Um, our next pod proper is the one you set, Con Air, which we will do Soon. when the time is right and whenever. Yes, I'm saying this. And Jimmy, I know that you know that I know that you know that I have said this and fucked you over more than a few times but i'm telling you this i was i was so inspired i'm even going to keep talking and if the dog comes up on the microphone it's not part of it i'm happy because he agrees because he doesn't believe me either but i was so inspired in part by your monster squad pitch which frankly I love so much. I love so much. Um, and it's, I've done some pitches in my time that have sort of gone off at an at a unexpected angle, perhaps, and done things from a slightly different direction. Um, but I am a, a, a mere amateur in such matters, I must say, compared no, to the no. master. Point. Shut your face, because it's true. And look, I'm doing a Harrison Ford point to prove it. Nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this, um, I am trying so hard just to keep my original idea. I've got my idea. I've got my plot for Con Air 2. Uh, it came to me very quickly after you set it. And I really don't want to add to it. It was four pages. Uh, now it's, I think, five. Uh, and I won't lie, it, it will when I polish it, it will naturally grow as it. <laughs> I'll leave that there. But it's going to leave that hanging, as it were, for everyone to think about. But um, yeah, I, I actually, as a just to prove to myself that I can do a relatively tight pitch these days, I'm I'm really keen on it being. So I say all of this just to let you know if you want to go hog wild and do a forty-five page ripper, by all means, a, a gimmick. <laughs> is fine by me but um mine is going to be really just conceptual stuff um that's my pledge to you 
Bless you, Shepard. Well, I, whichever, wherever feels natural. We all love the Shepics. I'm going to speak for the entire listenership, so there's no complaints. I uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I know I know where I'm taking Cameron Poe. Spoiler alert: he'll mm-hmm. be in it. Um, but uh, but I haven't I haven't put I haven't put it down yet. So I will I will I will get to it. Um, but yeah, nice man, nice nice. That, um, that's lovely. But uh, yeah, lovely. Well, that's a little tease for the next uh, yes. football in the canon. And yeah, good lad, Sheps. <laughs> we just need to to wrap this up. Good old prisoners. So what do we... Well, we know. we There's only three words to say, you know. Jim outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it doesn't work on any level. No. I can pause between out and side as much as I like. It still doesn't work. Um, what were your three last words? Oh, oh wait a minute. seeing you. See you later. <laughs> yeah, of course. See you later. Of course. Yeah, I'll be saying that's two words, but never mind. I was trying to think of what would be my lobotomized goodbye instead of the be seeing you. Probably be like a later's dude face well uh, that's rubbish i mean your 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 lobotomized goodbyes have been something i've been living with for an entire (laughs) friendship Uh, but mine have been equally um drooling at the mouth so i wouldn't worry too much about it Thank <laughs> you.